Hi everyone, it's Tessa and Joe from the Unveiling Paradise Podcast. Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Tessa, summer is almost here and so many of our listeners are about to have their epic destination wedding. And we are so excited for you guys. Before the big day, guys, we want you to make sure you listen to these three episodes. Episode 62, Deep Diving Your Wedding Ceremony. Episode 53, Questions Your Wedding Guests Will Ask. And episode 31, the final countdown to your wedding day. And if you're planning your wedding here in Hawaii, hit us up and ask us about our Unveiling Paradise podcast promo. Happy planning. Hey, Jet Setters. Good morning, Joe. Hey, Tessa. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am so excited to talk about our topic of the day. We're talking about budget. It's a big one. It's a huge one. But before we get started, let's talk about money. We want to say thank you to everyone who has supported us on our Patreon site. So that's the way that you can help support our show. And uh, this makes a big difference in us being able to record. So mahalo to everybody who has joined on Patreon. And if you haven't, click the link. Send us some cash. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you to everyone. It's been so helpful and so encouraging as we kind of get this podcast started. So with that, I think that's a perfect transition into what we're talking about today. Money. Money. Specifically budget. Right. This is probably the most important show that we will ever record. So make sure you have your pen and pencil and you're taking notes because this is what all weddings come down to is money and how much you can afford and what you want to spend that money on. Exactly. And and as a wedding planner, you know, when I meet with clients for the first time when they are, you know, first looking for a planner, the first thing that people will often tell me is, you know, we're engaged, we're super stoked. Now what? Right. And I think it's just kind of figuring out what's the first thing they should do. You know, so when I talk to them, budget is one of the first thing that always has to come up. Yeah. And I think it's super overwhelming. Right. So it's actually kind of funny. I think of my own like engagement story. Okay. I made that next step in my relationship. I proposed, got the ring, saved up for the ring. And then, you know, we announced to her family and they're like, okay, now we need to start planning. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, this is the, this is the next transition, like to be engaged. But, you know, like then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, planning a wedding. Oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. What am I going to do? What do I need to do? How much money do I need to actually pull off this event? And I think for most couples, it is kind of like this eye opening kind of, shocking experience and you're like oh my gosh there's so much that goes into a wedding what can we afford what can't we afford and what do we want our wedding day to be like right right and i think that's a good point right is a lot of people get engaged and you know you're saving up for the ring and now that you've kind of hit that milestone you proposed now you're like oh wait i have to save more money right right, right, (laughs) so i think it's definitely important that we we talk about it and i think what's really important for me as a wedding planner is that we have honest conversations about the budget. So today's episode, we'll be talking about your budget and and really kind of high level ideas, tips, um, and advice on how to kind of create your budget that makes the most sense for you and your wedding. Welcome to Unveiling Paradise, your go-to destination wedding podcast. I'm Tessa, wedding planner and owner of Fred and Kate Events. And I'm Joe, wedding and adventure photographer of Joseph Esser Photography. We are based in Hawaii, one of the biggest, most popular locations for destination weddings. 
We want to share our real life experiences with you, give you insight from a professional's perspective, and still make sure you're having fun in the process. We're huge believers in the fact that planning a destination wedding can be one of the most amazing experiences, and we want to bring you along. We're so excited to talk with you about weddings, Hawaii, and everything else under the sun. So pack your bags and let's get started. So budget. Budget is probably the biggest thing that I talk about in any of our consultations with couples. And the reason is, it's such a huge part of your wedding, right? Right. You have to have money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it doesn't matter. A lot of money, some money. You need to have some money. Right. And you are throwing a party. A wedding is a party where you're inviting all your family and friends. You need to have money. You need to have entertainment. You need to have a lot of things. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And there's a range, right? And I think that is one of the first things that I talk about with my clients is understanding your range. And what that means is I don't need a set dollar amount, but everyone has a cap, you know, whether it's 10,000, a hundred thousand, a million dollars. Is that an awkward <laughs> conversation to have it's with your clients? It's always an awkward conversation to have, but it's so important, right? It, is it a conversation that's like, hey, how much money do you have? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing I always tell people because what I get a lot, which is really funny is, you know, say they say their budget is 30,000 or whatever. They'll be like, but I have more money than that. I make a lot of money. And I'm like, I don't, it's okay. They're trying to justify it. For me, it's understanding. A lot of times when you're planning a wedding, you're buying a house, you're planning to have kids, there's other expenses. So I'm not saying, I'm not judging you in how much you want to spend, but truly how much do you want to spend on this wedding? And I think that's really important. But how do you keep your clients honest, right? Where they say, I have, I, I want to have this wedding and I have all this money. I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like when people, when it comes to money, people get really weird and guys, I think exaggerate. And is it sometimes where it's like, how many, when you ask, when you ask a guy or a girl, how many um, people they've hooked up with the guys over exaggerating the girls <laughs> under exaggerate, right? Is it the same thing with money? No, like, I don't, you know, honestly, so what I'll tend to do when I do my consultations is we go through all of the other things, right? Like what's their vision? Well, la, la, la. and at the end, is when I ask the budget. So I feel like we've already kind of established somewhat of a relationship. So I feel like in general, people are pretty honest. I don't know. I mean, I tend to think in general, people tend to lowball because they want to see what they can do with that amount of money. They're not going to throw their highest. So in that sense, guys tend to go lower. They say, we only have a little bit of money. Yeah, (laughs) make it work, right? And then it's up to me to say, okay, based on your vision, this is doable or this is not. So I think in general, guys, it's opposite. I think guys tend to, to, to go lower and the girls would be in the background saying, no, 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 we can put in another 10, 20,000, whatever you need to make it happen. Right. So the guys so are the penny, penny pinchers, <laughs> right? All right. That's crazy. Yeah. So I think it's opposite of what your story Weird is Weird analogy saying. is, okay. Yeah, not the same. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it is something that, like, I mean, just to, let's really just get into this one big point, right? To have a wedding, right, you want to be as honest as possible with your budget. Like, what is that number? What can you do with that number, right? And so everyone comes from different places. Some budgets are, you know, a few thousand dollars. Some are a few hundred thousand dollars. And you right. see this huge range. And and I think that's really, that's the starting point to a lot of the planning, right? right? Exactly. And I think that's just it. And I always tell people, like, it can be a wide range. And we can always narrow once we understand your vision. But I think it's important to say, if you make $40,000 a year, you will likely not be planning a $100,000 wedding. And that's okay, you know, or have you saved up your whole life for it? But it's just understanding realistically what is the range that we're looking for 
because that will dictate everything else in the planning along the way. But then also, it's not necessarily the couple that's paying for the wedding, right? You, sometimes you have parents, and sometimes you have. Well, we have a lot of like Filipino weddings that have sponsors, right? Right, right. But spoiler alert: we're going to talk about that later <laughs> in the episode. So let's right, but get but to so that. but it is just kind of pinpointing. Yes. Where is the funding coming from? Yes. And what are we really working with in order to start that planning process? For sure, definitely. So high level, what are some of the biggest expenses that go into a wedding budget? Like if we were just to go through, like what are the top three big expenses that you have to have in order to have a wedding? Sure. So venue is definitely not always the most expensive, but it is a big deal, right? You have it's, to have a place. To you have need your to wedding. have a place. But in terms of expenses, if you're doing it in like your parents' backyard, it's going to cost you nothing. If you're getting this grand hotel, it will likely cost you a lot more. But I think choosing your venue, whether it be a free backyard or a, an expensive hotel does dictate the rest of your budget, right? Because what are the other things that we need? What are your must-haves? What are your nice-to-have? Obviously, venue, you have to have a place, but also food, right? Everybody has to... I think you have to have food at your wedding, right? If you're having a party, you always have food, right? Food and drink, always. Food yeah. and drink. So, and, and I is that... Would you say that's like one of the big areas where it eats up a lot of your budget? Oh, definitely. You know, your food and drink is a huge part. And I think what falls under food is obviously, you know, you have your cocktail hour, dinner... If you're going to do desserts, I think that falls under food. A lot of times, too, staffing kind of falls under the food, too. Yeah. So it is a big part of your budget, for sure. Anything else, like, that just, and you maybe you're, like, getting started, and you're like, what do I need? Like, what are some of the other big spends? Right. And so I think it, at that point, right, it depends. Like I said, venue is a big part. So if you're doing it in your parents' backyard, you're thinking, great, it's so cheap, we're paying nothing, but you're building a venue now in your parents' backyard. So you have tents, tables, chairs, lighting, dance floors. So all of a sudden your rentals will be a big part of your budget. Right. Rentals, all those things that you need to have in order to like, you know, have people at like your parents' house where it doesn't seem awkward and weird, like you're sitting on their sofa or their lazy Or in the yard in the back, right? right? right. So especially if you have a hundred people, right? it takes up a lot of your budget to rent those things, I think. But there's so much more, right? So you have photography, you have videography, you have your cake, you have your DJ, you have your wedding wedding planner. planner. You have all these things, right? And some of them are essential. Right. And some of them are not. A photo booth, right? Totally. Uh, Cold spark fusion cannons, confetti cannons, like, you know, whatever those things are, those might not be essential to an event or a wedding, right? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Tessa, what is the best thing you can have on a hot summer wedding day? Gosh, Joe, honestly, there is nothing better than fine time shave ice. I love fine time shave ice. So good. Honestly, it's the soft ice, the variety of syrups and flavors, and their toppings. Their toppings are incredible. From ice cream to mochi balls to condensed milk. It is amazing. Stop. I'm getting so hungry. I know. Well, if you want some, check it out. Fine time shave ice. And check out their company and all their delicious flavors on our show notes. Do it now. But I think it's, it could be essential to others. And that's, you know, the next part of the conversation that I have with people. It's your must-haves versus nice-to-haves. I totally love that, Tessa. This is something that I always like to share with my couples, too, is distinguishing between the must-haves and the nice-to-haves, right? Exactly. And so what is that? You know, so, like, what are, what are some wedding must-haves? What do you need? Like, what do you absolutely 
What's your must for weddings? Right. So definitely, you know, when I talk to couples, and I think we mentioned this in the previous point, is venue is a must have. Right. Because you have to have a space. You need somewhere, whether it be a backyard, your house, the middle of the street, whatever it is, you need somewhere to do it. Don't do the middle of the street. That's horrible. (laughs) Don't do it in the middle of the street. (laughs) In addition to that, I personally feel like food is a must have. Is food a must have though? I mean, have you been to weddings where there isn't food? I haven't been to a wedding where food wasn't, but you know that we've, we've heard stories. We've talked about stories, you know, that Mickey one where the couple ended up hiring Mickey and Minnie instead of paying for food. Their, their parents gave them money for food. Right. And they ended up hiring Mickey and Minnie to make a an appearance instead. And it made it on the news, right? Yeah. It was like so. Technically, there was food there, but people had to pay for it. And it, but it made, but this story, <laughs> but this story made the news because everyone was so like shocked. Yeah, like they you were just spent shocked. all your money on Mickey, and you didn't right? feed your <laughs> feed your guests. So I think food is a must have. Personally, for my wedding, cake was a must have. Okay, so that <laughs> that falls in the nice <laughs> would, to have for I think be, most people. Would that be a must have for you, Joe? Well, cake? I, I would say I would say you know just to kind of bring it back to what we're talking about these that's not an essential thing, right? What are the essentials? So we've said venue, you have to have a space. Food, if you have a party, you typically feed the people who are there and, right. and probably drink too. I mean, you got to give them water at least as something, right? Some drink, yes. What are the other essential must-haves? So, and again, you know, I think you make a good point. You know, when I talk about cake, it truly was a must-have for my wedding. So I think when you're looking at must-have versus nice-to-have, every couple's must-haves are going to be slightly different. For, for you, a cake is a must-have, but I think that for me, like that falls into the nice-to-have category for others. Um, but you know, obviously you need to, if you're going to have a wedding, you need to have a fiance. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, you do. You probably need an officiant. Sometimes that is a cost and sometimes it's not. And that's, Well, it can be anyone. So it can, I mean, not anyone, but it can be a professional or your friend or family could get ordained, but you need someone to marry you. Then does the rest fall into the nice to have? I mean, for, for in, in, in terms of that budget, for when you get to have that discretionary income where you're saying, this is what... I want to spend, this is my must-haves. These are my own personal must-haves in order to have this wedding. Yeah, I, You know, you're right. I do. You know, so definitely. You know, you have the absolute core, core items that you need. You need to have your fiancé. You need an officiant. You need a place to do it. Other than that, everything else falls into nice-to-haves. And that's what's really crazy about planning weddings is what might be your nice-to-have, cake. <laughs> no, right. it's my must-have. Or your must-have. Right? Yeah, so to me, cake desserts it's a must-have right might not even be somebody's nice to have they might say i don't even need that and so i do weddings that don't do cake at all or dessert at all it's mind-blowing photography right there's there's weddings where they're like we do not want a photographer yeah that's sort of shocking to me but that's not even in the nice to have right they would rather have this type of event that doesn't have that right they're spending their money on decor or live band or you know something else that's important to them i have a funny story i have a a friend who's like a, a big bougie photographer in texas and he was telling me about this wedding so he had shot this wedding and he was the big splurge you know, this is their must have item was photography. And they spent like way too much money on him. Right. But for the bride's sister who just got married, her big splurge must have was a live band. And she took that, you know, chunk of her budget and she spent it on a live band. And she didn't really care about photography. She, you know, got a budget photographer off of Craigslist or something. (laughs) (laughs) But, but for her, that wasn't important, but having a live band and that party and, and that was like the biggest important thing. 
And, and I guess if we were just to kind of bring this back around, it's about having that honest, open conversation with your partner as to what is that must-have? What are those must-haves? Right, definitely. And, you know, when, when, when I'm talking to couples, they tend to have an idea of their wedding, right? And it's they're going to spend on, and I think we've talked about this before, do they want it to be kind of a decor, very vision-forward wedding? So you're spending on florals, photos, videos. Is it a party? So the drinks, the dancing, you know, that's their priority, there's always something. Is it the food, right? Is it the food and the beverage and the dessert? So there's always kind of one channel that they tend to focus on more than others. And that's where I like to get them to spend their budget because that's important to them. Right. And every couple is so different, right? So you have, different. You have couples that are very showy. And right. there's couples that are very humble and they don't want that big production. And yeah. and But that's the really cool thing. So I think, Joe, you and I actually have a wedding coming up later this year and they are doing a full EDM rave theme. And uh-huh. their money is going to the reception. So not the wedding at all. It's the after party. Yeah. And they're planning, you know, just so many really cool elements that I'm not going to give away to any of their guests that might be listening. Um, But it's, you know, like that was their focus. And they are very consistent in what they want to spend their money on. And it's that party. And I think that's awesome because they have that vision together and this is their must and they know it and they're working with you to like make sure that that comes to life, right? I have, yeah, there's so many exciting things about it that I want to share, but I won't until after. I know. It's going to be so cool though. I'm excited. Well, let's talk about money then. Let's actually talk about how can you save money on your wedding? Like, is there ways that you can take a budget and make that budget work the best for you? Right. Like, how do you put that money to work? What do we do? What do we, how do we get our, the best bang for our buck? Right. You stole my quote. So what I like to tell couples is how do we get the biggest bang for your buck? And the that's exactly biggest what... Biggest or the best? Biggest, the biggest bang for your the buck. The biggest, best bang for your <laughs> The biggest, best bang for your buck. Say that 10 times fast. All right, perfect. Don't say it. <laughs> so how do we do that? How do we get the biggest, best bang for your buck? Yeah, <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> um, I think, you know, so there's a lot of ways. I think, first of all, you know, it's important to do market research. So having a wedding in Hawaii is very different than having a wedding in Nebraska. Right. Right. So understanding the price of vendors and your wedding in general, you know, photography, for example, the price here in Hawaii might be very different than anywhere else in the world. Right. And it could be cheaper. It could be more expensive. Exactly. Like, so I think it's important to figure that out. Yeah. And you hear stories of like, you know, New York City photographers that are charging thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 for photography. Is that expensive? And that might be an awesome deal. You know, and, and here it's like nobody, very few people charge that much. Um, but again, I always think that you get what you pay for a lot of times, right? right? So if you go for the cheapest photographer, you go for the cheapest, you know, photo booth company or whatever, you probably get what you pay for, right? There's this story I just read about, and it was this, it's this photographer who had sold this couple this, it was like a $3,500 full day photo package. And halfway through, the bride found someone else. And it was like way cheaper. This is not a lie. She found a $50 photographer and she, <laughs> she cancels her contract with the photographer, this $3,500 guy who, you know, as a professional was going to do everything for her. She has her wedding. Guess what? The pictures were awful. Pictures were <laughs> awful. Right. right. Of course. Of course they were. And she goes back to her photographer who she had, you know, canceled and she's upset. She's like, you wait, did this wait, wait. She's upset with she, the original with photographer. With the original photographer. The professional that she canceled. Yeah, she's upset and okay. she blamed him. She said, why didn't you tell me not to cancel you? Why, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know how you would deal with that. I was like, 
the business but but you know i mean this guy's like you you booked a 50 dollar photographer for your wedding well and i wonder if she told him that right i have so many questions about that that i mean and that's my point right is like you said you kind of you get what you pay for um and it's also right when we're looking at budget it's not always like what is the cheapest option it's what is the biggest bang for your buck. Right, exactly. And it's not just what's the cheapest, but you know, if you're working with a professional for any one of these services, what is an average cost? Like what should you expect from a professional photo studio or video studio or, you know, any of these different things? And you have to base that. You have to base decisions on that. If you go with the $50 photographer thinking it's the best deal of your life, you know, you're going to get stuck with, it's not, with the $50 photographer. And, and I it's think, not what you know, <laughs> weddings cost. It's not, you know. Right. And I think it's understanding that. And I think it's important for me to kind of differentiate. If you find a photographer that, that you love and, you know, say he or she is pricey, what are ways that you can work within your budget? Right. And I think there's a very big distinction between asking them for a 10 hour day at a discount versus saying, OK, realistically, we want this person. Maybe we cannot afford 10 hours, but can we do six hours? Right. Right. So we're not asking her to discount her work. It's can we work with what we can do with less time, but still get a really great product and be happy with it. It it kind of trails into the must haves versus the nice to haves. You know, sometimes during your wedding, you can say, "I, I have to have someone taking pictures of my ceremony and my portraits and maybe my first dance, but I don't need them to be there you know, uh, at the very end of the night when people are drunk, you know, right. whatever. Sometimes it's a little sloppy at the end of the night. <laughs> or, or, you know, sometimes in the morning, couples don't need the getting ready pictures. I think they're, I love having those. I always tell people, you know, when you're not together in the beginning to look back and see, oh, this is what the guys were doing. This is what the girls were doing or whatnot. It's nice to have those pictures, but it's not a must have for every single couple. Exactly. Not for everyone. And it might be a must for, for one and it might be a nice to have for another. And if it fits the budget and it fits... The overall budget. Exactly. And I think budget's a big part of it, obviously. Yeah. Another little pro tip that we always have is look at what bundles, right? The bundles that, that sounds weird, bundles. I know. (laughs) (laughs) The bundle is like the auto insurance commercial. You can save more if you bundle with whatever the company is. So what are you talking about when we're talking about bundling, Joe? What are you bundling? So some companies, like for, for example, my company does photo video, but we also have other things. Like we have a photo booth. And sometimes what we do is, if you're doing photo and video with us, which you know puts all of our team to work, we'll throw in a photo booth, and that Ooh. will save you like a thousand bucks. And if you're, if it's like, I want to have a photo booth anyway, sometimes you can find those those vendors. So it's not just photography; like DJs do a lot more than just DJ. They right, what are right? They, they, they MC. They have the cold sparks. They have the uplighting. Yeah. A lot of them also do decor, yeah, like draping and whatnot. Um, and so it, definitely, I agree with you. Bundles are a good thing. I think in addition to bundling within a company, when you work with professionals, a lot of them have packages together or, again, they discount together. So if you book both of them, they will offer discounts, reciprocal di- discounts. Right, 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 right. And that's actually something that happened. Like, I give all your clients a, <laughs> like <laughs> okay, a discount, thank, right? Thank because, you for that. Because I like to make sure that I'm working with you, right? right? And I know that if I'm doing a wedding with you, it's going to be a success, right? Versus the Craigslist, you know, coordinator. <laughs> right, right. And so there are, there are a lot of venues where they require coordinators. And if you're not budgeting for that and people just find the cheapest one they can find on Craigslist, I've heard those horror stories from other, you know, photographers, other vendors who were saying they don't create a timeline. It's just a mess. We walk in and we have no idea what's going on. And that doesn't set your wedding day up for success. So 
bundling with professionals, I think helps your budget and also just helps the flow of your wedding day. Talking about discounts, is this something you talk about with your your clients when you're um, working through the budget? Like, I, I know these different photo companies will give this discount. Or is this something that our couples should be asking to actually the vendors themselves? So I will often talk with my couples, you know, when we first meet and I say, you know, I want to find vendors that make the most sense for you. Within the vendors that I recommend, there are some that offer discounts um, because you're working with me, right? So they are able to choose, again, best bang for your buck, but also the best connection for the couple. So if I know, you know, there's a photographer that would be the perfect fit for them, even if they don't offer a discount, I would rather them work with them. Right, absolutely. But going back to budget... I will always let them know, you know, but for example, this photographer does offer a discount if you're, if this is important to you too. Is it okay for a couple? So all my couples that are listening, all our couples that are listening, yeah. is it okay for them to ask about bundles or about discounts? Yeah. You know, I always think it's okay to ask. I think whether or not you expect it is different. You know, so sure. for me, I always tell people, you know, I'll send out my price. We'll have a meeting and I'll say, this is my quote. I think it's one thing to come back and ask for hey, what can we do to reduce reduce our package, right? So if I'm doing a full service, maybe we can get it cheaper by doing a partial mm-hmm. or just a reception versus an all-day planning versus can you just give us a discount? I think there's a difference in asking for that. Yeah, so I think this is something that, you know, don't be afraid to talk about, you know, with your coordinator. And actually, I will say this, and you can agree or disagree with me, but I think this is one of the values of, hiring a wedding planner. A lot of people look at their budget and they say, I don't need a wedding planner, right? Right. But wedding planners can actually probably cover their own costs by, you know, now helping you navigate through that budget. You know, if, if they have partner discounts, that can actually save them a lot more money and help like help them actually stay within budget. Right. You know, and I, and I'm so thankful that you bring that up because it's always awkward for me to say like, wedding planners help you save money. Um, but it's true, you know, so in addition to just the, the preferred vendor discounts, there are so many different things that we can do. Um, one of the big things is just helping you avoid mistakes that you may do. You know, if I can tell a quick story, um, I had a client who was about to book a venue before she booked me. She's like, okay, I'm going to book this venue and then I'm going to book you. And I was like, Hey, do you mind me asking like what venue? And it was this outdoor venue. It's gorgeous. You know? And she's like, my parents, said it would be perfect, you know, but in talking, she's like, I hate being hot. I don't want to sweat. Um, you know, I love AC. I'm like, this does not. And the, the deposit was probably five to 10,000. It's not a cheap venue, five to $10,000. And I was like, hold on, hold on. Before you book the venue, can we just have a quick conversation about why, why are you booking this venue? Right. You know? And she was like, I don't know. Like, you know, everyone said it's beautiful. Some people have mentioned it to me. You know, I think it was kind of the clout of this venue, but I, you know, when we talked, I'm like, I just don't think you're going to be happy there. Like, you know, do what you have to do. But I feel like an indoor venue may, might make more sense for you. Well, it's actually funny just listening to you say that. I think that's one of the other things that coordinators bring to the table. So a lot of times, you know, when you're planning a wedding, you have no experience planning a wedding. What's the difference between an indoor wedding versus an outdoor wedding? It seems to a lot of couples that doing an outdoor wedding would be cheaper. Right. Right. But is that necessarily the case? So it's not always the case. People, I, I think, are often scared by these really expensive food and beverage costs when they're looking. But you don't realize, right, it's including a table, a chair, a roof over your head, restrooms, all these things that at some outdoor venues, it's not including, you know. And so to kind of go back to my story with that couple, 
we ended up changing to an indoor venue and saving her probably $10,000 that she would have spent and then regretted. Because once we booked the venue, she would have changed to an indoor for sure. You think so? I 100% know. We've talked about it multiple times. Yeah. You know, and so it's just, it's things like that where keeping you on track and making the right decisions for your wedding is a huge way that wedding planners can help keep you on budget and help you stick within your budget. Yeah, and I think that's such an important point, right? If you have never planned a wedding, or maybe you've planned one wedding before or two, you don't have that foundational expertise that a coordinator has. This is really what it's going to cost. And it actually being like a realistic number versus, you know, if you're, if you're, you're shooting in the dark and you don't have any idea what it would cost to bring in rentals and tents and chairs and linen and all these things, right. you know, it, it might sound like it's the cheaper route, but you're going to be way over budget. And that's, you never want to go way over budget. We don't want any of our couples to walk away from their wedding feeling like they're now in debt and right. regret having, you know, what, what do they call that? Um, buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse. You yeah, know. you don't want that regret. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's very easy to get caught up in everything and get excited and you start booking and then you realize, how are we spending so much money? You know, and that's why a lot of my couples, I'm like, do not sign anything until we talk about it and we go back to your budget and figure out where is this fitting in? Yeah. Does this make sense? It's got to be a brutal job for you to, you probably kill a lot of dreams. (laughs) I I literally, I think, I think it's on my website or something. I I always say, look, I am that friend you love to hate (laughs) because at the end, I'm the one that has to be that voice of reason to say, I don't think we can afford this. We may need to look at this option instead. And it's your job to do that. It's your job to keep within. I mean, I think budgets. it is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if every planner or coordinator does that, but I very much in who I am as a business believe that my job is to help keep clients on track with their budget and be very honest and be very realistic. And sometimes you have extra money and you're like, hey. Then we get a bigger cake. Yeah. <laughs> Right, 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 right. And I think that's okay, but it is really important to, I think, you know, again, like coming back to your point, having a wedding planner, and I feel like I'm self-promoting, but I mean, you know, you're listening all over the world. So if you're not coming here in Hawaii, having a wedding planner really, I believe, is a huge way to help you save money and stick to your budget. One of the things we haven't talked about in terms of, you know, the, the budget is where is the money coming from? Right, so that's som- a huge one. Right, so sometimes the couple are paying for the wedding themselves. Sometimes um, mom or dad are paying for the wedding. Sometimes we have weddings where there's actual sponsors. So it, it might be uh, an extended family that's helping, you know, contribute to the cost of the wedding. What do we want to talk about for that? Right. So I think it's really important. And knowing where your money comes from for your wedding is a big part of your budget because you and your significant other might be saving up money. But if you know your parents are going to give you money or you know that you have sponsors, it's important to understand, number one, where it's coming from. And, and this is always a really hard, hard conversation is how much to expect. Right. Right. And so a lot of times I'll have meetings with couples and they're like, okay, my parents are going to help. Well, is that $500 or is it $50,000? Right, right, right. And so it, if it's your budget and, and you're I've saying this is the budget. And I've seen a huge range. You know, there's been a huge range of how much people give. And so it is. And, you know, when they start their planning and they have these really, really big lofty dreams for their wedding we will have to stop. And I'm like, we need to have that conversation with your parents. You need to have that conversation. And I know it's awkward, 
but you can't be budgeting for a wedding that you don't have the money for or right. you don't know. So if, if it's the budget, right, and that budget is inclusive of the couple's funds as well as family money or what, whoever is contributing, right. right, that couple has to make sure that their expectations are realistic, right? Yes. And so that that's another brutal conversation to have. It's like, such and just a to be hard conversation. Open and honest, <laughs> you know, and say, look, at, this is what we're trying to do. This is the cost. Here's what we're capable of contributing. Are you able to meet us with this much? Is that, is that how the conversation usually goes? Yeah. You know, I, I think that's one direction. I think what I see a lot of times is people will say, hey, parents, I know you guys mentioned that you're going to give us money. How much are you giving? Just get that actual just, number. Just get that right. number. Because, or, you know, and a lot of times parents will kind of hit back with a, well, what do you need? How much do you need? So I tell couples like, Go in with a, with a goal. Like, what is your... It's a negotiation, right? Your parents <laughs> want to help you, but right. they don't want to throw away all this money if you're not going to need it. Yeah. And I think it's just kind of that, that reciprocal respect for each other and understanding it's... You cannot plan without any idea of where this money is coming from or how much you're going to get. Right. And money stresses the crap out of people, right? Everyone. Right. And Constantly. so... So if you're a parent, you say, I got you, I got you, I'm going to help you with this and there's, there's no actual number of what that means, parents are going to be stressed up by the process. And I think parents are looking and thinking about their, their weddings from, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago. Right. And it's very different now. You know, I did a wedding just recently, and the dad was like, what are all of these things? Because she had upgraded chairs. She had draping on her tent. She had, you know, the live band needed a separate tent and stage. And he's like, what are all these costs? You know, right, right, he right. got married in a hotel. It was, I don't know, 20 bucks a head back, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's understanding your parents want to help, but they need to have the visual of what it looks like. Right, right. And, and if by having that open, honest conversation about money, yes, right, you can avoid a lot of those stresses and probably a lot of the, the buyer's remorse that happens, right? <laughs> yes, for sure. And that's such a big deal. Like just having that conversation. So, you know, in parents are obviously one way that people will get additional funding. Sponsors are another. And so sponsors can be basically anyone else that aren't your parents that are contributing. So a lot of times I know in Filipino weddings that we do, they have sponsors. And the sponsors could be, you know, aunties or uncles that are contributing a certain amount or contributing for a certain thing. So they will pay for photography or they will pay for the alcohol or something very specific. They also ask like, the parents' bosses or someone to help sponsor. Yeah, I think that is such a cool thing when the extended it. family gets involved. And they're crowdfunding. Wedding is so exp- weddings are so expensive, and so when extended family jumps in and, and is saying we're going to help with this or that, it really makes a difference. And actually, I feel like when we have weddings where they're sponsors, they're just so much more well produced, right? I think so. Right? It's just it's a really fun. Again, like I said, like crowdfunding experience. This is a weird question to ask, but if, if you're not Filipino and it's not like within your culture, is, it, is there a way to like <laughs> ask people to sponsor your wedding without it seeming like entitled or, or awkward? Like, can you do that? Is, I mean, I'm, can I'm, we crowdfund this wedding? Say, okay. I have a funny story that, that right. ties into this. Right. So I read this online. Again, it will be in our show notes. But basically what happened is a bride sent out these invitations Gorgeous invitations, RSVP. It was a plate of dinner. So do you want chicken or steak? So someone replied, great. Two of us for dinner. We'll take the chicken. Uh-huh. Whatever. Sends it Go in. Go with the steak. Come on. <laughs> anyway, so they, they sent in their RSVP. Everything is fine and dandy. The bride gives her a call. 
really, really nice. You know, thank you so much. We're so excited to have you here. P.S. Here is our Venmo link. You can please, and they build them $75 a person for dinner. Oh my gosh. So they basically sent their Venmo link to pay for their dinner. So that, I guess, is a way of crowdfunding, as you were saying. Yeah, but it has a total, it, it, it's like, it, it, it's different because in the first scenario, it's like, <laughs> We're stepping in and we want to, you know, like we want to offer right. versus the couples asking them after and, they've already. Well, RSVP'd. and th- that's what I think is kind of a little, a little off about this is like you, if you, if you want to charge people to come to your wedding, which in itself I think is wrong. It makes the news though it, when it happens. It I does. Mean, it does. So if you want your wedding to be like infamous, then do it. But I think you should put it on your invitation. People should have known first before they RSVP'd and then send them a bill. Right, right, right. And I think this is another thing that's probably part of the nice to have is the honeymoon fund, right? And actually I see that more than having asking for help for funding the wedding is instead of gifts, we would like help with the honeymoon fund. Right. I actually think that's appropriate, but I don't think that asking people to pay for their own food is appropriate. I, I agree. I, I 100% agree. I don't think you should ask people to pay for their own food. And my understanding from this story is they had to pay for their own food and a gift was still expected. <laughs> <laughs> so this isn't the gift. It's right. like, and still give me a present. Well, there's all kinds of crazy stories about this where the the bride, the groom or whoever it is, uh, asked for a certain amount for yes, the gift. So there yeah, was one, yeah. there was a story I was just reading <laughs> yeah. where it was like, the, they're requesting a $400 or more gift. Like who does that? Right. And who I mean, so again, like you don't want to be tacky, but I, again, like I think it's about how do you fund your wedding and how do you keep it classy? <laughs> yeah, keep it classy. I thought you sent me that story the other day about the cake, remember? Right, um, right, right, right. Like someone, they got charged for eating a second piece of cake. Yeah, so strange. <laughs> so the story is after the wedding, somehow uncle had a second slice of cake and the bride sent him, you know, Venmo for like $4.08 <laughs> I mean, for that me. second slice. If you are that stretched on your budget, you probably went way over budget. Yeah, downsize you know? your wedding. Yeah. Again, and I think, I mean, kind of getting back to the budget, I think what's really important is just Working within your means, right? right. I think that's really important. Right, right, right. We always want to stay within our means. So if you are on a shoestring budget, right, maybe elope, right? If you know, and I think (laughs) totally, yeah, you should. You know, one hundred percent. I agree with you. Instead of like trying to take five hundred dollars and have this amazing wedding, you know, like you're just not going to. I mean, like we see stories where there's there's this story about this. She was basically a model, and she um, spent five hundred dollars on her wedding, like her entire wedding. Yeah, on her entire wedding. But like the behind the scenes story is like most people gave her free stuff. Right. You know, if you if you actually quantify what that actually is, it wasn't a five hundred dollar wedding, and she's a model like a photographer would be like oh i'll take this just for my portfolio whatever and she was gorgeous right but a lot of times we see the opposite of that and you know so there there's these diy weddings where everyone is just it's so stretched and they're trying to make everything come to life but it fails right so there is there was another story i was reading about this um, bride who was upset because she had apparently she had bought her wedding dress at Salvation Army and she was like reading these threads about the $500 model bride who has this epic wedding or whatever. She buys her wedding dress at Salvation Army for 30 bucks or whatever. And like she's upset because her mother-in-law dresses way nicer than she is at her wedding. And and you know and <laughs> right, and, right. And, and if you are that stretched, maybe it would be better to take 
whatever funds you had, buy that beautiful wedding gown, hire a photographer and do an amazing adventure elopement or something like that. Right. Instead of having, you know, like such a budgeted wedding that it's not what you want. It's not. Right. Or you have to own it. I yeah. think that's or the thing. If you know that you're going to do a Salvation Army dress, own it. You yeah. know, you cannot control other people. You can't control that people are maybe wearing something not from Salvation Army, you know, but you have to own it as this is what I did to have this wedding, right? Like we, we splurged here, we took a little less here yeah. and own it. And I think there's nothing wrong with that as long as you are okay with that, right? Yeah, and then you just own that dress and rock yeah. it and do your thing. And that's the other thing too is like you don't have to have the 200 person per plate dinner, right? No, absolutely There's, not. I've, I've been to weddings where it's just so casual and like it's all like Costco pizza, <laughs> which is fine. If, That's you know. what I was going to say. So I had, so one of my best friends just got married on the Big Island. Yeah. She, we were looking at planning her wedding. It was going to be about 150 people. Um, her fiance, husband now, was just shocked at how expensive everything yeah. is. He was on the flight with uh, going, you know, between islands and he was like, I talked to this guy, he got married $10,000 for 200 people. And we were like, okay, how did he do it? Like, what did he do? He got Costco pizzas for dinner for everyone. And my friend, and they had this huge ranch in the backyard. You know, they do a lot of parties there. So they had all the tables and chairs. They had everything they needed. Yeah. And so that is not typical, right? So it's, it's just understanding. Like, you're starting already with certain means. If you're okay with Costco pizza at your wedding, then great. But when you're planning your typical wedding, you there are certain levels of things that you want. I'm not saying you have to have them or not, but going in... Expecting to have this fabulous wedding on a certain budget that people got Costco pizza for is not fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that is so important. Like, what is your budget? Again, we'll just go back to that point. Yeah. What is your budget? What is, you know, like, what do you really want to spend on this? You guys as a couple, what do you really want to spend on it? Because, you know, it is, it's a huge investment. You know, right. and, and if, if you want to spend 10000 or 5000 or 500 you know, it, it, it's, it's really important because you, you just don't want to walk away from your wedding being over budget. Right. And you don't want to walk away from your wedding where you're having buyer's remorse. Right. You know, and, you're, and, and starting out your marriage stressed out about money. That's right. the worst thing you want to do is be stressed out about money the second you, you know, actually walk away the next, the next morning. Right. No, definitely. And I think that's why this episode is so important to just kind of hit the things to think about as you start creating your budget. Yep. All right, Tessa, let's recap. This is a lot we've been talking about. There I think, was so much. I think it's actually pretty simple though. One, be honest. Like be honest with what money you have and have an honest, open conversation. If somebody is giving you money, right, what is that number? So that way you can actually plan your wedding around that number and you're not going to be stressed out. Right. That's definitely important. Um, the next one is knowing your must-haves. What are the things that you absolutely need to have to have this wedding? And then your nice-to-haves. And understanding that in your nice-to-haves, there will be subcategories of your personal must-haves. Right, right, like, right, right. So I think those are important. And that honest conversation, you know, what is yours, Tesla? What is your what, what was your must-have at your wedding? Cake. Mine was cake. <laughs> <laughs> And, and having and having that conversation with your partner because it it really you know you want to make sure that that you're that each of you is having the wedding of their dreams right yes yeah and then of course we talked about this tongue twister having the biggest best bang for your buck right and I think to sort of recap this I think we agreed that having a coordinator right somebody who can help you 
understand your wedding, the financial needs for your wedding, and also help you maybe even navigate some like vendor, preferred vendor discounts can actually save you a lot of money um, and avoid potential missteps and, and mishaps. For sure. So wedding wedding planners are definitely a big part of the vendors. Also understanding right how we bundle. Again, getting strategic with your vendors. So understanding that if you get a lot of you know, services from one company, you may be able to save money that way too. And you guys know how much each venue costs, how much each vendor category should right. cost. Yep. You're not going to allow your couples to spend way too much money on something that they could get for half price. Or booking something that they regret down the line. If I know it's kind of a red flag, I'll be like, hold on, like, let's think about it and then make that decision later. Absolutely. For sure. And then the last tip that we kind of talked about is knowing where your money is coming from. I know you briefly talked about it earlier, but truly... If the couple is paying by themselves, if you have parents helping, if you have sponsors, if you are crowdfunding and charging people for their dinners, whatever it may be, not here to judge, but know where your money is coming from. Right. And then you won't have this post-wedding financial stress as your first married day as a couple. You're not like looking back and saying, oh my gosh, we are broke. We are in debt. That's what we don't want any of our couples to be. Um, having that experience. Right. It's because, you know, after you're married, you re- you have to realize like now you're going into the rest of your lives together. So you have buying houses, maybe having kids, whatnot. There's so many other expenses, right? Your wedding is one day and we want to help you manage that and understand that as best as we can. And we don't want you to be broke. No, don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't be broke. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode. We hope that this was a super helpful episode. We are going to revisit this. I'm promise in new episodes and do even bigger deep dives if you have any questions please send them our way and we will make sure to address them in our next upcoming episode for sure so we would love to hear about budget questions i think this is like you said going to be a big one um speaking of budget thanks again we just wanted to give a shout out to all of our subscribers on patreon we're so thankful for all of you i think it's a big part of allowing us to grow and build our podcast so thank you so much again if you guys want to join it's patreon.com unveiling paradise be our sponsors please Please help us with our budget (laughs) see how i tied that in yay awesome (laughs) until next time thanks so much all right thanks guys bye Thanks for listening to another episode of Unveiling Paradise. If you enjoy our show, please follow us and rate us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It would really mean a lot. And don't forget to also get on our mailing list and follow us on Instagram. Just do it already. Until next time, this is Tessa. And this is Joe. And don't forget, your happily ever after is just a plane ride away. <laughs>